Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. called Undercover Boss, Undercover Boss. And I want to talk to you today about the topic. My, t- my title, my sermon is The Battle for Gummy Bears, The Battle for Gummy Bears. And this will make sense in just a moment if you let it. Um, so open your mind. Um, and I'm really hyper because I got a lot of really good sleep last night. Um, usually I don't sleep really good on Saturday nights, but I slept really good. So buckle up because we'll see where we go today. Our text for this series is found in Romans chapter 6, and verse 12 I really want us to focus in on today. And it says this, do not let sin control the way you live. Don't let it boss you around. Don't let it control your lifestyle. Don't let it control your habits, right? Do not let sin control you. Don't let it boss you. Don't give in to sinful desires. There's always this battle going on between your spirit-led nature and your sinful-led nature that Paul talks about later on in Romans that we're gonna get into next week. But don't give in to your sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin, right? Don't compartmentalize your relationship with God. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Everybody say completely with me. Completely. That was pretty good. Okay. Um, completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Use your whole life, your whole body, every aspect of your life to serve God. Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your boss, right? For you no longer live under the requirement of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace. Last Sunday was Mother's Day weekend. Um, and my dad's wife, um, Debbie Graves, um, it, it's, it's like, so what do you call her now, right? Um, my mom has passed away for 10 years, um, and so I just call her my new mama. I'm like, that's my new mama? She's my mama now. So, so some people say bonus mama. I'm like, no, we're just going to get rid of the bonus and be like, hey, mama, right? So, um, and she gave me one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten that has changed the dynamics of a certain aspect of my life. She gave me these gummy bears. Um, now, how many people like gummy bears here? Like you, you're like, yes, I like gummy bears. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you, if you have never had these gummy bears, I've never had them before until last Sunday, changed my life. 
I know, some of you are like, oh, Haribo the best. They're trash now. Um, some of you are like Black Forest. They're trash. That's for poor people. I'm just saying. Um, probably shouldn't have said that. Um, Casey's going to let me know about that later. <laughs> You're like, well, how much are these gummy bears? $10 for a five-pound bag, okay? So we're not talking like Donald Trump money here. We're talking, you know, this, this is really high living here, a $10 bag of gummy bear for five pounds, $10 on Amazon. I'm going to tell you, some of you need to order this when you get done with this message um, it will make everything right in your world. Let me, let me ask this. I'm going to try to do this. Is, uh, who wants this bag of gummy bears? After, I saw, a hand, who's in the very back? Like, yeah, yeah, keep that. Two hands, right? Who is that? Craig Bowman, Craig Bowman. All right, Craig Bowman, I got you, I got you gummy bears here, okay? So here we go. Here, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's the problem. Is that when I get something this good, when I get something like this, I, I start counting it, Right? Like we, I, we put this in a massive gallon size Ziploc bag. I'm like, hey guys, you should try that. And what I mean by that, when I'm talking to my family, like you should try some gummy bears, you should have five and stop. <laughs> right? There's five pounds of gummy bears. That's $10, Justin. But what happens is all of a sudden I become accountant. I'm like, oh, you've had 25 gummy bears today. Like in the last three minutes at that rate, you're gonna have 350 gummy bears in a matter of two days, right? Like I'm just like, a beautiful mind's happening with Russell Crowe and I'm drawing all these circles and connecting them. I'm like, what is, what's that? Here's what I attempted to do too. I attempted to hide these from my family. $10. (laughs) Five pounds, there's plenty there. And what I realized, there is a battle for gummy bears that goes on in my mind, in my soul, in my house. I'm not real good at sharing things that are really good. And and I'm not even an only child, right? Casey's better at sharing stuff who grew up as an only child like this stuff than I am. I'm like, ugh, right? And and here's here's the real issue going on. I have a problem when it comes to gummy bears with greed. I'm a greedy gummy bear hoarder. I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna be honest, it's gonna be hard for me to hand these over to you, Craig, afterwards. I've got another bag for next service, right? I'm like, and, and I realize there are issues and we all have a tendency for greed to creep into our life. And the big thing is that most of the time it has nothing to do with gummy bears but has everything to do with our money. And today I wanna to talk to you about greed, but, but when we get into greed, I'm, I'm not even just talking about money today. Some of you are like, whoo, here's a good thing. Some of you are like, oh, we're in a building campaign, of course he's gonna talk about money. No, 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 we're doing great financially as a church because you guys are amazing and generous. The offering buckets aren't gonna be reissued at the end of this service. Like, but, but here's the reality is that greed comes in many forms, right? Some of us, we're greedy with our talents. God's given you abilities and talents, and do you know who you're using it for? Just you. 
you're not using it for anything bigger than just you building your castles, you building your life. Some of us, we're greedy with our time, and I know I just talked about time, saying no to all the things last week we talked about so that you can say yes to the right things, but some of us, we're not even saying yes to the right things, the God things, because we're being greedy with how we spend our time, but the reality is a lot of us, we struggle with greed when it comes to money, when it comes to stuff, and we want to dismiss it like, it's not that big of a deal. It's, no, 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 no. Greed is a really big deal. And the problem is we don't have a proper understanding of what greed really is. So today I'm going to break this down. We're going to go as fast as possible because I have only two points, but it's like in page four of my notes. So um, we're going to get into what, what is greed to begin with? What's a proper understanding of greed? What's its effect and why is it a big deal? So, so here it is. What is greed? Greed defined from Webster's Dictionary says this, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than what is needed. A, a selfish and excessive desire for something, for more of something than what is needed. I love what Andy Stanley said. He said this in his sermon. He said, greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption, right? That it's all for me to consume. And some of us, greed looks just like my life when it comes to gummy bears. And we want to say, ah, it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. But to Jesus, greed was a huge deal. In fact, it says this in Matthew, Mark chapter seven. Jesus added, it's what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts. Check these things out. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. Check out what the running partners are with greed. Before greed comes theft, murder, (laughs) adultery. I think all of us can agree, stealing's bad. Murdering people, probably not so good, right? Like, like... (laughs) Adultery, yeah, we don't need to do this. But when it comes to greed, we're kind of like, we just kind of read past it real quick. It's not that, it's not one of the big ones, but to Jesus, it was that big of a deal. It was a big deal. And it still is a big deal. In fact, it says this in Romans chapter one, when it's talking about just people who have totally walked away from living their life for Christ and, and just totally been given over to following wickedness, it says this in verse 28, since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should, that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, here it is again, greed, Hate, envy, murder, there that is again, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. And here's the descriptors for it. People like that, they are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyways. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. And here's the deal. When it comes to greed, we are a society that greed runs rampant in. We're a culture where greed is part of the norm. And so, as a result, we don't talk about it in churches, 
right? We don't talk about it from, from the stage. We don't talk about it as pastors because we don't want people to feel bad, but greed is a really big deal when it comes to your life and how you're living it out. And some of us, our life is totally being controlled. Greed is an undercover boss that is controlling us that was never meant to control you. Here's what happens. We think, oh, well, I don't have a greed problem because I'm not rich. Uh -uh. We think greed is a rich person's problem, but the reality is you can be poor and just as greedy as anyone else. Right? You can be poor and just as greedy as anyone else. And Jesus knew this was going to be a big deal. And Jesus knew this was going to be a problem. And here's what he says in Luke chapter 12. He says, then he said, beware, watch out, be careful, right? Because guard against every kind of greed, every kind. So Jesus is saying there's multiple types of greed. Beware, watch out, man, guard against. You have to be purposeful in guarding your life against every kind of greed. Why would he say guard? Because the reality is we just drift towards greed. That's the way we are just wired. Guard against every kind of greed, Life is not measured by how much you own. And yet we as a culture define life by how much stuff our life has. It's reality. You're a success, well then you drive a nice car. You live in a nice house. You wear nice clothes. Your kids wear nice clothes. Your kids go to a good school. You're successful. You're not a success. You don't live in a nice home. You don't drive a nice car. Right, and, and I'm not saying this is the way I define it. I'm saying this is the way we define ourselves and we define other people. Some of us, we feel like a failure because we don't have all the nice stuff and that couldn't, that couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus is saying this, stop it. Stop measuring if your life is truly what it's supposed to be. That's not what your life was ever supposed to be about. What your bank account is, I don't care. What, what, what you wear, I don't care. What you drive, life is not measured by the things that you have. And understand today, I'm not saying that it's bad for you to have things. I'm saying the problem comes when the things start to have us. And some of us, the things have us. It's crept in. So why is this a big deal? What is the effect that greed has on us? It says this, I love this, Proverbs 1, 19. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. Check out the effect. It robs them of life. Robs you of life. Can I tell you, most of the things that we're probably stressed out about financially, God never called you to run after in the first place. Really, the things that we're stressed out about, the anxiety, the things that we're in debt about, God never called you to run after that. Why did we run after it? We're trying to keep up with everybody else. We got greedy and it's robbed you of peace. It's robbed you of joy. It's robbed you of contentment. And this is what Proverbs is saying. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Proverbs 28, greedy people try to get rich quick but don't realize they're headed for poverty. It leaves your soul. You can be as rich as you want to be, but you're bankrupt spiritually. Man, you're headed, you're headed to poverty. Proverbs 15, greed brings grief to the whole family. It doesn't just affect you. It affects those that are connected to you. It brings grief to the whole family. But those who hate bribes will live. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness, but don't we buy into the lie that sells, says elsewise? 
We think if I can just this, I will be content. I will be happy if I can just get this, if I can just drive this, if I can just move here, if I can just make this amount, if my bank account can just have this. And here's what I would tell you. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because you bought into the myth of more. And you are chasing the monster of more. And the monster of more is never satisfied when you think you will have enough. Somebody's always got more toys than you. Somebody always makes more money than you. And greed has a, greed leaves you bankrupt. It leaves you poor. It hurts your family and those connected to you. It keeps you chasing happiness and you never find it. And the Bible says this from Proverbs 1, it ruins your life. It leads you away from the life that God wants you to have. It becomes an undercover, undercover boss that's running your life. So how do you know if you have greed, right? So, so I understand. I have greed when it comes to gummy bears, right? Like I'm like, okay, I can fully admit it. My name is Justin Graves. I have a problem with gummy bears, right? Like I, I get this. But how do you know if you have a greed problem? Because most of us are dismissive. You are like what I was like when I had COVID, but I refuse to admit that I had COVID, right? And we've gone through this. And the problem is this, is that COVID has every sort of symptom ever known to man. Like if you can see out of both eyes, you have COVID, right? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? If you can hear a ringing in your ears and smell like you have. So here's some of the list, the, some of the symptoms from the CDC for COVID-19 symptoms. You have fever or chills. You cough, shortness of breath or difficult breathing. Don't go for a jog, right? Uh, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, lo new loss of taste or smell, sore throat, congestion or runny nose. And we're in the middle of May and all the trees are going crazy. Everybody's got COVID, right? So um, congestion or runny nose, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, trouble breathing, persistent pain or pressure in the chest. I love this new confusion. Some of you, you're dead, right? You're like... <laughs> I'm confused every day what is happening right now. <laughs> you got a really terminal case of COVID. Um, inability to wake up or stay awake. Some of you with teenagers are like, that's it. That's it. Pale, gray. <laughs> Pale or gray or blue colored skin. I'm like, what's happening right now? Lips or nail beds, depending on skin tone. And this is literally what it says at the end of the CDC website. This list does not include all possible symptoms. Are you, are you kidding me? And we come to this place where we're like, yeah, yeah, I probably had it, probably had it, right? But greed's not so easy to identify, right? I think we can understand, man, it has a really negative effect. Shouldn't be in our life. But most of us are in denial of whether it is in our life. So let me give you some symptoms of if greed is in your life. You're greedy when you treat people who have money better than those who don't have money. You're greedy. Right? You're greedy when you treat people who have money better than those who don't have money. You're greedy when you hurt others to get something for yourself. I love this one. You're greedy when you complain more than you give thanks. Let me read that one again. You're greedy when you complain more than you give thanks. 
We're not even in November. Why are you preaching on Thanksgiving? You're greedy when you are more concerned about your cash than you are your character. You're greedy when your financial life is going up, but your spiritual life is going down. And you and I are greedy when we buy into the myth of more. And Jesus knew this. And this is why in Matthew chapter six, he says this, no one can serve two masters. No one can. You can't do it. You can't balance it. You're not disciplined enough. You're not skilled enough. Jesus says no one. It's not a matter of coming to a spiritual place in your life. You can't do it. No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved, be controlled, be bossed around by money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body's more than clothing? And he says this, man, don't be worried about that because that's what the pagans run after. And you were called to live life differently and you can't live your life different. Your life won't look different as long as you are allowing greed a seat at the table of your life. And so here's what I wanna leave you with today is this, it's our first point. Money and stuff and what it promises will always compete for your heart and try to master you. Money and the, right, so some of us, maybe it's not money, maybe it's the stuff that money brings. It what it promises will always compete for your heart and try to master you, try to be your boss, try to control you. I have an older sister. She is older by three years. Um, her name's Stephanie. I love her to death. I didn't always feel that way. Um, so um, I'm the youngest sibling. She's the oldest sibling. And as most older siblings understand, you think you are the boss. I'm going to talk for all the babies in the room right now. Um, I got to tell you, I, 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 can, I could not stand it when my sister tried to be the boss of me. I was like, you are not my boss. You are not my mama. You did not give birth to me. Your name is not Sharon. Your name is not Randy. You can't tell me what to do, right? Like I, and still to this day, if I feel like my sister, I am 45 years old, and if I feel like my sister is trying to tell me to do something, or we're gonna do this, something inside of me bows up, right? And I'm like, oh no, you're not. I'm 45 years old. You don't pay my bills. You don't tell me what to do. You're not in charge of me. I'll do what I, you can ask my wife. She's like, settle down, Jesse. It's just a suggestion. She ain't gonna tell me what to do. <laughs> She's not my boss. <laughs> Here's what happens. <laughs> I have issues. I'm going to counseling, but none of us like being bossed by people who were never meant to be in control of us. And you don't like something being, con being in control of your life that was never meant to be in control of your life. And Jesus knew this. And Jesus knew that your life wouldn't function the way he wanted to function as long as your finances, as long as money, as long as stuff, as long as greed, as long as, man, discontentment for more and more and more was running the show. He goes, you can't do it. Because Jesus knew this. Jesus knew the number one competitor for your heart would always be money. He's like, you can't, you gotta decide, is it gonna be God and God's way or is it gonna be money and more money? 
and letting money come to call the shots and letting money dictate your decisions and letting money dictate your happiness, or are you gonna let your heavenly father call the shots and dictate your happiness and call your decisions that you make? Because when we let money become the boss of us, when we start serving money, here's what starts to happen. Our life looks like one of two things. We either consume everything we make, right? It is unbridled desire. Like just whatever you make, you spend. You consume, you consume, you consume. You upgrade, you upgrade, you upgrade. New iPhone, new iPhone, new iPhone, new Apple Watch, new Apple Watch, new upgrade, 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 upgrade. And it's all about if I get this, if I get that, if I get this, if I get that, and you consume, 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 right? You understand this. I am both in this area. I'm a consume, consume, consume when it comes to gummy bears, right? You're like, yes, it's all for me. It's not for you. Stay away, kids. This is dad's treat, right? Like, I I get it. Or... We hoard. I do that, right? I hoard the gummy bears. I hide it to where nobody can reach them and nobody can find them. And some of us were like, well, what if I run out? It is a five-pound bag of gummy worms, that, I mean, gummy bears that cost $10. Get on Amazon and buy another bag, right? But what if I don't have enough? And so we put back, and we put back, and we put back, and we hoard, and we hoard, and we hoard. And hear me, there needs to be balance to this. It's okay for you to spend some of your money and it's okay and you should save some of your money. But if you're waiting to save enough money until you give, can I tell you, you've got a problem with greed. If you say, well, I don't have, make enough money to give. I just, I, there's not room in my budget. You're consuming everything that you make and you have a problem and I have a problem with greed if that's the case. That's a sign. Well, I don't like that. You may not like it, but it's not any less true. And so what do we do, right? Because here's what happens. When, when anything goes wrong in our life financially, what do we do? Oh, God! <laughs> we, we have this, oh, God, oh, God, help me, help me. If you will just get me out of this situation, I will start tithing, right? If you get me out of this situation, I will start, I will be the most generous person you have ever created on earth and he gets you out and you're like uh-uh right like you just run the other way like a little toddler like ee and we invite him into the situation when it hits crisis mode then the wise thing would be to invite him into the situation of our life in the area and the in the situation of finances before we hit a crisis mode right that would be the wise way to do this and here's how he instructs us found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. We're gonna come back to that in just a second. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich, people who are greedy, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money, more greed, right, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So teach those, Timothy, teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. 
They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that, so that they may experience, there it is, true life. And some of you have never experienced true happiness because you have yet to do this part of your life God's way, and so you're not experiencing the true life that he's meant you to have all along. So let me throw this at you. You wanna get past greed? You wanna get past greed? Then, then hear me, generosity is the antidote to greed. Generosity is the antidote to greed. Right? I love what Tony Evans said. He said, the richer you are, the more generous you should be. That's good. First part of this verse, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So let me throw this question at you, and I dare you to answer this question honestly. In the area of your finances, are you spending your life in finances that you have been entrusted with in a way that it really matters. Does it really matter? When you come to the end of this, does, did, did it really matter? Or have you just been chasing gummy bears the whole time? Did, did it really matter the way that I, the, the, the finances, the talents that God has given me, did you use it in a way that made a difference for eternity's sake? Or did you just spend it? Did you just hoard it? Did you, did you just keep it? Because here's what I found. If you're ever gonna come to a place of generosity, you have gotta reach a place of contentment. Because contentment is the launching place that takes you to generosity. Because I've never seen a person that is generous that is not content, and I've never seen a person that is gener I mean, that is content not be generous. Man, they, they just travel with one Another, and if some of you are struggling with contentment, man, start trying to be generous. You, you can't be generous without being content, and you can't be content without being generous. In fact, Jesus said this, Matthew chapter six, same chapter where he says, you can't serve two masters. You're gonna love one, hate the other. You can't serve both God and money. He says, you know, stop worrying about all the things that your life is running after, the clothes, the drinks, all this thing. I would love for Jesus to see our culture and it would probably blow his mind, right? Like, are you kidding me right now? And, and he says this, he says, but seek first his kingdom. And this is talking about finances. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all the other things that you're worrying about will be given to you as well. It'll all be given to you. God will take care of the rest. This doesn't mean that you're gonna, all of a sudden that Jesus is gonna be your sugar daddy, right? Jesus was never, God was never meant to be your sugar daddy. He was meant to be your savior. There is a big difference. So hear me, this is not a, a sermon on prosperity gospel. God is not your sugar daddy. He is your Lord and Savior. And there is a big, big difference to it. It's a big difference. So can I tell you, you know what? I don't wanna give these away, but it was easy to give it away. Can I tell you why? The church bought these. I got no skin in the game, right? 
I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling. You didn't have them, right? Like, I'm like, okay, here you go. And you know why it's easy for me to give these to Craig? I didn't, I didn't buy them. Some of you are like, oh, that's why he's doing a sermon on greed. He's spending all the money on gummy bears. $10, let's, let's, let's have a reality check here. But when I realize it's not mine, it's really easy to give it away. And when you realize what you have isn't yours, James says this, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. When you realize it's not yours to begin with, it's really easy to give it away. It's not mine. So I'm gonna leave you with this. I really am done. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy, be greedy, and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Living your life in a way of generosity instead of greed, it's just a better way to live, right? Hebrews 13, five, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. Do you have greed? Are you spending your money in a way that really makes a difference, that it really matters? If not, man, let's do something about it. Let's not let it keep being the boss of our life. Instead of serving money, let's serve him because it's a way better way to live your life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I know this can be a touchy topic. I know this can be an area where, man, we just wanna push back, but God, I pray that we would realize this is an area of our life that matters. God, it matters. And if we've allowed greed to, to seep in, you knew, you knew money, you knew finances, you knew the stuff would always be the number one competitor besides you for our heart. That it promises much, but delivers so little. And so Lord, the foolish thing is to keep putting our trust and our hope and our contentment on money because it never delivers. To, to, to put our hope and trust in something that is so feeble and fickle. Instead, I pray today there would be a, a, just a transition that happens in our life that instead of doing it our way, we would do it your way. And we wouldn't push it off and say, oh, we're gonna do it in a few months. We're gonna do it when it's convenient. No, 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 there's never a convenient time to do the right thing. Let us just be obedient followers of you and do this life and live our life out in a way you're calling us to do it because you always want the best thing for us. You're always leading us to true life, not a hollow one. And so God, speak to us. Man, don't let us keep serving the wrong thing and letting money be in control of our life. Instead, I pray that we would serve you with our whole life and that we would surrender this area and we would say, Lord, it's not about letting money be the undercover boss in my life any longer, but it's about you being in char charge of all of my life, of all that I have, that I might serve you and live my life and spend my life in a way that is wise and that matters. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I know this is, a, this is a message on money. I know this is a message on greed. 
Some of us, we've been serving the wrong thing for way too long. We've been trying to do life our way instead of his. And if you're here today and you say, Justin, where I'm at in my life isn't where I should be, we wanna invite you to change that. If where you are isn't where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm gonna count to three and all I'm gonna ask you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, that's me, yep. Is there anyone else? You join this one hand, yep. Is there anybody else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, if you're watching at home online, I would just encourage you right where you are to raise your hand and let the Holy Spirit have a moment and meet you right where you are. Can I tell you, nothing gets better by you pretending that nothing's wrong, but things start to change when you come to a place and saying, I can't keep going on and playing the same game and expecting different results. Today, if you're here and you're like, I need to get things right with my relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's where you are. If there anybody else that you need to join these two individuals that raise their hand, I would just invite you to raise your hand and don't miss this moment. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've, I've sinned, I've messed up and where I'm at isn't where I should be. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.